0: That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian Tian with your market view. Now, company news takes the center stage today as we deep dive into key developments for the week. Within the US, Morgan Stanley is embarking on a fresh round of job cuts amounting to some 1,600 or 2% of its total workforce. Question is, has the latest round of tech layoffs sparked wider contagion in other sectors? And also, Walmart CEO has been quoted as saying that theft is becoming a bigger issue at US stores. But what would this mean for retailers in the industry? Well, for more, let's find out from David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Hi, Mr. Kuo, how are you?
1: I'm very good, Tian Good evening to you.
0: And good evening and great to have you on the show as always. And Mr. Cole, I'd like to start by looking at what's happening in the U.S. And we have to talk about the Fed and the U.S. CPI data. What do you expect or where do you expect inflation to come in? To what extent do you think this would affect uh, the Federal Reserve's decision later that week?
1: Right. I think everybody is on tenterhooks at the moment to try and find out what exactly those CPI numbers are going to be. Yes, And I don't think we should be under any illusion, Tian Tian, that the inflation numbers are going to be uh, pretty high. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to avoid saying pretty bad, but I think they're going to be pretty high. Oh. And ultimately, uh, ultimately, I think uh, it'll probably have a 7 in front of that number. So whether it is 7.0 or 7.5, uh, it'll still be quite high. It'll probably be lower than this time last month and then certainly lower than the month before that when it was about 8.2% followed by 7.7%. But still, uh, a 7% inflation rate will make the Federal Reserve feel very uncomfortable. And as a result of that discomfort that the Federal Reserve is going to feel, uh, they are going to have no choice but to increase interest rates. Now, having said that, if the inflation numbers do come out to be worse than expected, in other words, higher than, say, 7.7%, then I think the Federal Reserve might have to increase interest rates more than what the market is expecting. And the market is hoping for about 50 basis points, Mm. but if the numbers are really bad, in order to preserve their their credibility, they may have to actually go with 75 basis points, which will actually shock the market totally.
0: Yeah, and uh, let's not hope for that. Uh, But uh, Mr. Cole, I remember a few months ago, uh, we were talking about how PepsiCo is a company that has been relatively shielded from ongoing volatilities and also inflation, right? But just this week, we have the Wall Street Journal coming out to say that PepsiCo plans to cut hundreds of corporate jobs at its North American snacks and beverage divisions. How do you read into this move?
1: Okay, uh, what I said, you know, when I spoke to you previously about PepsiCo was that it Has pricing power. In other words, you know, it makes that product that people can either easily uh, afford or they can't do without. Now, uh, maybe we can do without PepsiCo, but we can easily afford PepsiCo. Mm. So that is a very sort of important ingredient as far as a company is concerned in terms of its pricing power. If it puts it up, say, 10 or 20 cents, none of us are really going to notice that much. But There is a big difference between pricing power and coping with recession. Mm. And I think what what the narrative at the moment about recession is that it's not a question of whether the U.S. or whether the world will experience some kind of slowdown that could lead to recession, but how deep and how long that recession is going to be. And I think PepsiCo is er erring on the side of caution. And they're saying that maybe uh, the recession could be either deeper or longer than they expect. So therefore, they need to somehow right-size their company and become a leaner and hopefully a little bit meaner uh, in order to cope with that recession. So that is probably why they are uh, axing the jobs. It's not because they haven't got pricing power. That will right. still be there, but they just need to have some uh, ammunition in, uh, in their war chest somehow so that uh, if they do uh, reduce the number of headcount at PepsiCo, then maybe they, sh- they, they, they could be able to whether the downturn in uh, demand for even something like soft drinks uh, next year and the year be- uh, the year after that. Mm.
0: But to what extent, Mr. Kuo, do you think that uh, this is in any way influenced by the rounds of tech layoffs that we have been seeing so far? Uh,
1: most definitely, I think I think we are seeing layoffs everywhere, uh, right, but right. it's slightly but it's a slightly different problem. In the case of PepsiCo, uh, they uh, they are able to generate cash. Uh, They have a business that is cash generating. Now, with the tech companies, it's slightly different because many of them are yet to be profitable and some of them may not be profitable for a long time. So they have to conserve whatever cash they have available to them. And as we all know, I mean, credit conditions are getting a bit tighter, monetary policy is getting tighter, and there's going to be less money around. And of course, you know, investors have a choice now. They don't have to sort of finance um, yet to be prof- profitable tech companies. So, what these tech companies are doing is, is saying, we have a, a, a bundle of cash that is going to have to last us. How long it will have to last us will depend upon uh, how quickly they burn their cash. Hmm. And so, what they are trying to do, Tian Tian, is to try and burn their cash a little bit slower right. and try and reach some kind of profitability a bit quicker.
0: Hmm. But in the meantime, we are seeing some non-tech companies. For instance, Morgan Stanley announcing this 1,600 workers cut. We have Ford Motors, DoorDash, H&M. Has the latest run of tech layout sparked wider contagion or is it uh, just a time, a caution of more of like, you know, pruning instead of uh, a need to cut jobs because the, the danger, the warning lights are really coming on?
1: Well, that is a really good point. And I think uh, most businesses out there, and I think recently there was a survey amongst uh, the CEOs over in America. And many of them are expecting recession. So if you are expecting recession, then uh, you have to right-size or downsize your company to cope with that recession. There's no point having an over-bloated workforce and an over-bloated management team when you know that you're going into recession. So Mm. uh, the question is, how long is this recession going to last? Is it going to be short and sharp, in which case, you know, uh, they will be able to start rehiring again? Or is it going to be very long and drawn out, in which case... Uh, it could be very difficult for these companies and they need to make sure that they are able to cope with that recession. And some of the companies you you, you spoke about, say Morgan Stanley, have seen recessions before. They know what it's like. But some of the newer companies like DoorDash have never experienced the recession. And so consequently they have to be very, very careful because they don't know what is actually in front of them. Mm. So a bit like a driver. I mean, if you know the conditions on the roads are going to be wet, you drive slowly, right? Uh, But if you are a new driver and you've never experienced Mm. conditions like that, well, um, good luck to you.
0: Mm. And a quick one here, Mr. Kuo. Earlier, I was speaking to some analysts on the show and they were expecting sort of like a mild recession in the US. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, (laughs) It really is like asking how long is a piece of string and then, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and it depends which analyst you ask. Right, some of right. them are say and, and it depends how long it takes for uh, us to recover. If we go all the way back to, say, the dot-com bubble, when that burst, yes, I mean, the recession, we did come out of recession, but for some of the tech companies, it took them 10 years to actually come out of recession. Oh. Well, I know, simply because investors were saying we had our fingers burnt, so therefore we are very reluctant to put our hands in our pockets now and give you the cash that you require. So as a result of that, some of those tech companies, after the dot-com bubble burst, they never survived. They weren't able to raise the cash that they required. But the ones that did survive were the ones that were able to uh, raise the Mm -hmm. cash before the downturn, and then they had enough cash to last them through uh, that sort of decade long. hope it doesn't take as long as that for uh, this this particular recession
0: to recover. Hmm. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Well, Mr. Kuo, um, away from recession and all of that, I want to uh, talk about this article that I saw on CNBC citing Walmart CEO. Now, he says theft is becoming a bigger issue at stores across the US and that if this problem continues, uh, it could lead to store closures, it could lead to price hikes. And it seems like, you know, Walmart is not the only retailer facing this problem. So what's your take on this? And what are the bigger implications that we should be concerned about?
1: Yeah, you're right, Ken. I mean, it, it isn't just Walmart. I mean, Target over in uh, the US also said that shoplifting is becoming a problem. And only the other day, I was talking with my family in the UK, and they were saying that uh, some of the stores in the UK are also experiencing the same thing. Hmm. In other words, uh, people are trying to sort of shoplift from uh, uh, their supermarkets. And I think it tells us a story. Um, I, I'm a big believer in something called scuttlebutting. And right. scuttlebutting is a bit like uh, today's equivalent of standing around the water cooler and listening to stories that people are saying. And I think what it is telling us is that inflation is biting households. And if you can't afford to go out and um, pay for the goods that you are buying, What alternative do you have? Now, uh, probably in in some economies around the world, they are not as stringent. They are not as strict about shoplifting. So people just think, if I need to put food on the table, what do I do? I go into a store and I try and get away with as much as I can without having to pay for it. So Mm -hmm. I think it's telling us that inflation is biting and inflation is affecting household spending. And many of these households are saying, if I have to actually feed my family, What other alternative do I have? Uh, I'm I'm not condoning, by the way, shoplifting, uh, but uh, what I am saying is that it just goes to show how bad inflation really is affecting people. And also in America, some of the credit card companies were saying that people are putting more and more money onto their credit card Mm. in order to try and afford, uh, afford the goods that they need to buy uh, to feed their family, and, right. uh, and they're not paying off that credit card bill. Yeah. So uh, there, there, there's a problem there, and I think we need to be aware of it.
0: Hmm. Uh, Mr. Kuo, well, inflation certainly on the top of minds, but I also want to talk about semiconductors. Uh, Taiwan chipmaker TSMC announced that it would triple its planned investments at its new Arizona plant to some forty billion US dollars. What does this really signal for the semicon industry and are chipmakers truly waving goodbye to Taiwan?
1: Well, I, I think there are a couple of stories there, Tan and I think you know the the first takeaway is that. Yes, there is a huge demand for semiconductors. Uh, I've always said, somewhat uh, jokingly, chips with everything, right? So mm. uh, we, we are going to have chips with just about everything that we have, whether whether it is buying a new refrigerator or washing machine, TV set, chips are going to be in there. So as a result of that, there is going to be huge demand for chips. At the same time, Ken, Ken, and this is the worrying thing, that there is going to be a kind of um, deglobalization and uh, – Uh, This is really the problem that has been brought about between America and the U.S. And so companies like TSMC, which are a big supplier of semiconductors, will have to have plants that are available in the U.S. for U.S. companies, U.S. businesses that need to buy the chips. And they will also have a separate uh, fabrication plant, a manufacturing plant somewhere out in Asia, presumably Taiwan, mm. but it can then supply their chips to, say, the uh, Chinese uh, industries that require mm. those chips. So it is a kind of bifurcation that we see and a polarization of the world. And it is a very sort of worrying uh, outlook, I think, for 2023, if the world is going to be as bifurcated as, as it could very well be.
0: Hmm. Well, from the US and Taiwan, Mr. Ko, I'd like to take us home to Singapore. And speaking of chips, blue chip stocks, there are three blue chip stocks here hitting 52-week highs. And who are they and should we be buying them?
1: I love the way you segue from uh, microprocessor chips to blue <laughs> chips. Very, very clever. Okay, okay right. Uh, this was uh, one of our analysts uh, over at Smart Investor. Right. And uh, what he highlighted was that Uh, there were three companies that were hitting 52-week highs. Uh, The first one is uh, Keppel Corporation, the second one is Genting, and the third one is uh, Singapore Airlines. And they're hitting 52-week highs for different reasons. In the case of uh, Keppel Corporation, it it really is about the restructuring of the company and the possibility that they are going to be jettisoning their uh, offshore and marine business. And they're going to be a slightly leaner company focusing on other parts of the industry apart from uh, offshore and marine, which they may or may not sell to SEMCOR Marine. So uh, I think investors are very delighted with the fact that they're going to be um, more focused mm. rather than to be too diversified. So that is the case of Kettle. The other two we can probably um, attribute to the reopening uh, in the case of Genting, uh, Singapore is reopened, and now with the possibility of China reopening also, it means that we're going to get more tourists coming into Singapore, and that is going to benefit uh, uh, Genting, which is an integrated resort. So it's got um, things for children, it's got things for adults, and uh, that is the reason why they're, they're rising. And, of course, in the case of Singapore Airlines, it is, well, if you're going to be flying into Singapore, uh, what better than Singapore Airlines? Yeah, And so uh, that is all about the reopening, whereas the first one is more about a restructuring.
0: Mm. And well, finally, Mr Kuo, before we let you go, the smart investor has this uh, very interesting article and it's called Three Investment Decisions to Make Before 2022 Ends. So what should we do before we welcome 2023? I understand it has something to do with, well, the dividends you love. So tell us more about that.
1: Right. Uh, this again is uh, Royston, you know, who was writing this article, but uh, I would say there's probably about a <laughs> right. hundred, about a about hundred things you should be doing, you know, before oh, the end okay. of the year. <laughs> but we'll focus on the three that he, that, that, that he has highlighted. Mm. Uh, the first one is looking for companies with pricing power. And uh, in, in times of inflation, you want companies to be able to increase prices without losing sales to their competitors. So uh, if you are going to be looking for stocks, then Focus on those that have pricing power. The second one is uh, recession-resistant businesses. And uh, Royston is almost saying that we are going into recession somehow. So try and look for companies that have uh, the ability to withstand the recession. And uh, he has picked out hospitals and also supermarkets. Mm. So, if you're ill, you're going to have to go to the hospital. And if you, in, if you need, need to eat, then you're going to have to go to supermarkets. Mm-hmm. So these highlights are those, uh, those kind of industries. And of course, the third one is um, REITs and dividends. And I think yeah. as, we, as, we go in, as we go into recession, right, uh, we're going to need cash. And uh, what better than to have companies that have the ability to pay you for owning their shares? So rather than uh, looking for share price uh, growth or share mm-hmm. prices to go up, Look instead for something else, like the ability for the company to reward you with dividends, because cash is king, Tianjin.
0: Hmm. And one very quick one. Uh, yeah. I just want to follow up on this, because we have five companies paying dividends in December in Singapore. SIA, Singtel, Maple Tree Industrial Trust among them. So which do you think we should set our sights on?
1: Uh, I love them all. And, uh, uh they, 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 being somebody who likes reach, then of course, you know, I'll go for the maple tree, uh, mm-hmm. simply because I think that, uh, uh, when you have a landlord, which is really what a real estate investment trust is, uh, it, this landlord has the ability to, uh, sweat its assets, sweat its assets. In other words, uh, try and sort of make those assets work as hard as they can. And I think that should be a lesson for uh, all landlords at the mm-hmm. moment. They have to try and sweat your assets and try and sort of, um, Keep your tenants as happy as possible, and then uh, it should be a pretty good uh, 2022 and beyond.
0: Well, that's all for a better 2023. Thanks very much, Mr. Quo. That was David Quo, co-founder, of The Smart Investor. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.